A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello dear listener and welcome back to season four of Owning It, the anxiety podcast with me Caroline Foran. Thank you so much for joining me, thank you for all of your support on social media and for reviewing the podcast, it means the world to me and a special thanks to those of you who have tipped the podcast over on my Patreon page and if you want to do so it is very easy to do at www.patreon.com forward slash Caroline Foran and every penny makes such a difference to helping me keep the podcast going. For this episode I am joined by national sweetheart broadcasting sweetheart of ireland alison curtis of today fm she has she's just such a kind really warm loving person and she's had me on her show several times to talk about my anxiety and my books my work my podcast and now i get to put her in the hot seat she's a very interesting story of anxiety a lot of very clear markers that would lead to experiencing anxiety all through her life and She's managing it really well these days. She's a very happy person, but she lives with anxiety and she she takes it in her stride. So I hope that you resonate with her story. I've learned a lot from listening to her as well. And thank you as always for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me on Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast, Alison Curtis. Um, you have had me on your show on Today FM so many times and you've been the one asking me about anxiety and about my tips and my coping mechanisms and my story and first of all I just want to thank you so much for giving me all those opportunities and thank you for thank you for joining me today but I get to ask you the questions now because interestingly like I've known that you have experienced anxiety because you've you've been posting about my book or whatever but I've never really found out like your full story so now you're in the hot seat and I suppose for those who maybe are unfamiliar and um, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do? Because I think what you do sounds very counterproductive to somebody with anxiety. I know. And a lot of people do say that. They're like, look, uh, you know, you, you have a very public life. You have to perform, I suppose, publicly uh, for six hours a week on national radio. But I am very comfortable there. And that doesn't make me anxious. And thankfully, actually, uh, doing anything in a public arena in front of loads of people, I would get a normal set of nerves for that, but it wouldn't yeah. be, I wouldn't get anxious. So I am a radio presenter. I've been at Today FM, oh my God, 21 years this August. 21 years. Oh my God, you look thir- You look like you're only 30. 
at the most. <laughs> so I've been there for a long time in different guises and my longest stint bar what I'm doing right now is I was producing the Ian Dempsey breakfast show for 10 years and then I've been on my own weekend breakfast show uh, for seven now just past my seventh anniversary last Congratulations. week. Congratulations. So- That's amazing. Okay so you don't get you don't get performance anxiety beyond the normal kind of performance anxiety of wanting to do a good job. Yeah, my anxiety is what I've been told is rare, but then through conversations with friends, I don't think it is super rare, is health anxiety. So it is all tied to that and preoccupied with anything to do uh, with health or medical issues. I absolutely crumble and I can't cope. And I've tried many times over the years to try and figure out different ways of managing. And I'm, I get there sometimes, but a lot of the times I don't. So that's my focus of anxiety. Okay. And has that been with you for as long as you can remember? Yes. So I, when I was seven, which is a long time ago, um, we, about a year after that, I started to get very anxious. And I remember my parents taking me to my first therapy session because a lot of kids would have this too, but you'd have a phobia of going to sleep because you might worry about not waking up. And so I do remember the first time I ever went to a therapist and they were brilliant. And I remember them saying, you know, look, hold your breath for as long as you can and see what happens. And I remember kind of going, that was a bit of a strange exercise. But what it proved is that I can survive and I will survive. And eventually I start breathing again. So it was a technique that they taught me. And throughout throughout the years afterwards, I'd be pretty anxious as a teenager uh, and then into my 20s. And I always put it down to, as what my parents thought as well, was it was the first time I was at a funeral and saw somebody who had passed away, which was my grandfather. So we always were like, it's because of Clifford. We shouldn't have let them. My parents felt guilty. They shouldn't have let the twins like see him and it was open casket which wouldn't be very common in Canada but after years and years of talking to people therapists when I was in my 20s they're like well what else happened around that time and I'm like well actually my dad nearly died and so he was in hospital for about four months solid and we were separated as a family unit my mother my twin and I and we would be we would have been like very close growing up like we my sister and I would never have been staying at other people's places we always had the friends dates, play dates at our house. So the four of us were together a lot. So what happened is, I suppose, typical kind of old school mother guilt or whatever. My mom was like, well, I can't, she was at the hospital with him. So she's like, I can't dump the two girls with the same family members. So I'll separate them as well. So it was totally horrible. So that, and she felt she was doing the right thing. And so my sister actually liked being away from me. I did not like being away from her. So she went to one set of cousins and I went to another and we'd see each other in the morning at school and it was the most bizarre thing. So I, not only was I taken from my family unit of mom and dad, I was away from my sister at night times too. So that's certainly absolutely where I think the health started, the health anxiety started. And then unfortunately, so we were seven, uh, my father never really was healthy again. And then he passed away when we were 14. And then my mother passed away when I was 19. So I have... I I really do have post-traumatic stress disorder when it comes to hospitals, when it comes to anything medical. And even the thought of making an appointment to go and see the GP, I have to kind of steel myself to do it. And it's really like it comes in waves and it's, but sometimes it's very intense and it's, it's debilitating really in points as well. Wow. That is, that is an awful lot for one lifetime. And I think if we go back to seven-year-old Alison, um, I'm sure you've you've realized this by now, but for you to have had all those kind of frightening experiences at that age, it's such a crucial, and I've talked about this several times, but it's such a crucial age where you're able to store long-term 
memories and fear responses and that will trigger in you and it can come up later again in life but you haven't yet gotten to the point where your brain has developed fully into being able to be logical and rational and understand why you're being separated so though anything that was the same exact same well I mean nowhere near as severe but for me it was like seeing my granddad in the casket with his 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 nose broken when uh, I was like seven as well and I was so I was so frightened of like well, how come he was alive yesterday and here he is today and my parents would say oh he's still with you and I was like what like I don't want him to be still with me he's a ghost <laughs> but I, I, I can definitely root my own anxiety back certainly to that age where you start to feel a little bit afraid and for you to be kept away from your parents when they're your primary caregivers and of course it's not their fault they were just trying to do what they had to do and then to not have the understanding of what was happening to your dad and why he couldn't be better I mean that is just for me it's as clear as day why you'd feel this way yeah absolutely and um I've only in the last I'd say three months gone back to a therapist and she described something to me that I was like oh my gosh and they're called, as you know, uh, rabbit holes. So basically, if you are heading down a path, and my pathway in general, I think is quite good. Like I think I function quite well. Like I have a nice career, I have a family. Like and you know, day to day life is is quite a nice, smooth path. But when something happens that's health related, I get that jolt and I go down that rabbit hole, and I, I find it very hard to come back. And she explained it that it was actually trauma based. So that yeah. if you do have that trauma in your life, that's where you get stuck in those those rabbit holes. So we're working now to try and see if I can bypass those rabbit holes or or cope a little bit better. And even like on Sunday, like I felt so guilty, Caroline. It was just literally this past week. Um, Joan, my daughter, who's going to be nine soon, she has a broken arm and it's in a above elbow cast. So she's challenged as it is, to, and then self isolation on top of all that. She was wearing my heels and she was talking, 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 and I felt really guilty. And she, she's like, I'll go get your heels. And I was like, yeah, 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 because I think I was cooking. And then I hear this almighty thud and she fell head first down the stairs because she was wearing heels. So what happened to me then is all I care about is I can't cope with head and above. So if I think something's happened to her head, I absolutely spiral and I detach from reality and I'll be feeling her noggin for three hours afterwards, checking her pupils, you know, just really on top of it all and creating a huge source of stress and strain in our household. So what happens is I can't, I, I need to learn coping skills where I can separate, like I can come back to reality because what happens is I separate from reality and I bypass what's currently happening and I'm already at a hospital. I'm already in, you know, intensive care or whatever it is. I get to that spot before mm-hmm. actually seeing what is physically happening around me. So that's what I'm working on right now. Right, and okay. then I feel badly for her because she was like, I, I didn't. And then I heard her whispering to my husband and she said, I'm not sure if I did hit my head, but I don't want to tell mom. So I can't let her build that relationship with me because she, in that instance, we have to be really open and honest about it all. So we know how to treat the situation. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. And has it always manifested for you in the same way? Like feeling of just like worst case scenario thinking, has it ever felt physical for you? Um, I, I suppose during my twenties, not so much, but certainly in my early thirties, I started to, when I was younger, I kind of carried a lot of tension across the front of my chest. Um, and then it just rose in my body. And now I would get migraines quite badly if I'm very, very stressed. And then it's this, this cycle where like the migraine sets off the anxiety and the anxiety sets off the migraine. So I have to get, and I have got skills there, like, you know, meditating, making 
making sure I sleep enough and, you know, just getting physically involved in something like baking or something that's, you know, tangible that you're feeling and kind of stop for a day and kind of go, look, at this is, this has to be a, a day where I don't do very much because I need to kind of get back on track. So it manifests itself certainly in, in tension headaches and, yeah. and that, but I'm thankful in that when I was younger, I did have panic attacks and I haven't had a panic attack in probably 20 years. Like it's, it's not at that intensity, thankfully. And I would say that that's, you know, your brain developing and becoming more rational, but certainly, you know, a year and a half of CBT a few years ago, and then doing a little top up here and there. And even I think for a lot of people, you know, if they know that they've got an appointment to speak to somebody, they automatically, that's, that's the junction where they feel better already before they even get to talking about things. Yeah. And if you have a lot of health related anxiety, it's all physical health. So because of what happened to your parents, and or if Joan has hurt herself or injured herself, do you get anxiety about the fact that you might be suffering health-wise. I think I would. It's just, I just, I think the obvious thing is that when, as people, we, you know, we have bodies and our bodies need attention sometimes and we are inevitably at some stage in our lives uh, going to come across needing uh, care or things will change as you get older. So I think that that's where I, yeah, like I will obsess about something. Like years and years ago, I had uh, a really bad chest infection, which I, you know, I haven't been on antibiotics or anything like that as an adult. And he sent me for an x-ray and I thought that sounds really awful. And I said, are you looking for cancer? And even the doctor's face fell and he was like, uh, like it hadn't even crossed his mind because he knew what he was looking at, which was a potential infection. So then I had to go for the x-ray, which was like just, I go into this really dark space to even get there. And then waiting for the results is, so it is, that's where I find, like I just, I literally have no like coping skills when it comes to that. So that's what I'm currently working on again to try and get back on track. And can I ask what your parents died from? My father caught uh hepatitis from shellfish in the 70s which is completely and utterly random um but it uh he was very ill before i I, my sister and i were born and then he had a few good years and just unfortunately i mean that was the 80s and you know there were some liver transplants happening but it wasn't super common and just eventually it's just other organs started to go as well because of the liver not functioning and then my mother had a stroke but she my sister and I feel possibly died of a broken heart because they had known each other since they were seven and they dated for 10 years uh, before they got married. And then they're together for maybe eight or nine before we came along. So they had 20 years, just the two of them. And she passed away in my first year of university. So she uh, was in the house only five months on her own. And I think she just, I think she just had a broken heart. So, and she was only 57. God, that's so, that's so hard. And I suppose, you know, when, when you come face to face with some sort of health scare, whether it's you or a loved one, you know, I guess the tendency of people around you would be to say, oh, you're, you're jumping to the worst case scenario, or that's not going to happen. But because of what you've been exposed to, it, it doesn't seem unrealistic for your mind to go there, because look what happened to your family. So it's a very, very tricky anxiety to deal with, because it's not all in your head. It's not, you're not completely, you know, fabricating worst case scenarios. It's based on what you've been through. So there is definite like trauma sort of encoded in your mind there, which is 
very very challenging and I think the main it sounds like now you are very um well a lot more compassionate with yourself than maybe you would have been yeah that's it and it's kind of like what CBT and I know you've spoken about this a lot and it's in your books as well what it does is saying that if you you know if you're fighting the anxiety or if you're feeling guilty about it all you're doing is putting a totally another unhelpful layer on top of a feeling that you're already having so I've really learned with that and the other thing that I think is a enlightening thing and I know you've spoken about this as well before is that we always talk about when you're an anxious person or something's happening to you emotionally that you're overreacting and to get rid of that idea of an overreaction because between a level of one and ten I operate on a daily basis probably at a seven or an eight whereas you know my twin sister is I think negative zero like she is so calm I sometimes put like a spoon under her nose going she's still with us she's just so relaxed that you know for a trajectory to go off of the number seven or eight it is expansive whereas if it goes off a number one or two it's not as bad so I think to think in terms of that kind of say oh I'm overreacting is again putting the pressure and the blame on yourself which we shouldn't do because it's just an unhelpful layer on top of something already not so pleasant to experience a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And I think having gotten to that point where you understand that has probably made your experience of anxiety a hell of a lot easier. You know, for you not to try, you're like, there's no point in you trying to solve the health anxiety. It's it's there. You're probably always going to be frightened about health because of what you've been through. And that I, I think maybe it would be it would be unhelpful to try and like erase that and, and, and suddenly behave the, like your twin sister because that's just it's not who you are but you don't need to change who you are you just need to manage it so that it doesn't so drastically impact on your life to the point that you're suffering that's exactly what it is and I think that like a lot of people who maybe you know do a course of therapy and then go back for kind of a top-up it is like CBT to me is always like a juggling act so you have to kind of remember all the things that you're supposed to put in place at the same time in order to do that but the therapist that I'm speaking to now did say something interesting she was she did talk about it in terms of solving it and saying that you know it there is a solution to this so for example 
for oddly for about five or six years, maybe a little bit longer, I, I was very, very uncomfortable on flights. And it just started one time coming back from Canada. And I had already been living here for a few years. And then it lasted a while until I actually had my daughter and I started flying back with her. And it was one of the first few times that I was breastfeeding. So I was like concentrating on all of that. And then you land and you're like, oh my God, how did I get here? But then we were going to Portugal this year. And I was like, I don't want, like I literally had a firm talking to myself. And I was like, I don't want to get this uncomfortable and feel this awful getting on to flights anymore I'm just not gonna do it and Caroline it was the strangest thing it just it's like a light switch went on and I was like that's it so I'm just gonna get on this flight and I'm not gonna need my glass of wine and I'm not gonna need anything else I'm just gonna get on take the flight and get home so I said that to the therapist that I felt totally comfortable I felt really in control and she said well if you can do that in that scenario you know you can do it more with with the health anxiety as well so it was an yeah. interesting observation because I've always been told it's just accepted it's part of you like we were just saying you don't want to erase it and it probably will always be part of me but you know you can solve elements of it and make it much more manageable Mm -hmm. and what what for you has made it the most manageable like there's you've mentioned meditation you've mentioned CBT is would you credit any one thing with being a game changer for you I think, um, no, I actually think it's a combination of things. And I think a lot of people, you know, everybody's different and other combinations work for other people. I, I am an extremely busy mind. And even just the last time I was speaking to the therapist, she's like, even in your speech, you can tell you are ex really have a racy mind and you have like thousands of thoughts at the same time. Um, cause they're saying my daughter would make a good lawyer. And she's like, maybe you could make a good lawyer cause you think on your feet, you're constantly blah. But um, so I think, you know, for me, being busy is a really big solution. And say when I go back to Canada and I'm at our cottage and people will be like, oh, just relax. And I'm like, I think I want to paint that fence. And I was like, that does not sound fun at all. I'm like, it sounds awesome because I'm doing something and I'm physically kind of involved in something that's right there and in the moment. So I find making myself busy is, is a great way. And a lot of people focus and, and resolve anxiety that way. And I think some people don't understand I'm not good lying on that beach lounger and just looking into the sky and appreciating the clouds. So that's not me. Like yeah. I like being busy. So I think that's a, a, a key thing really. And then how do you find meditation if you find it hard to kind of be still? You have to train yourself. You really do. And I know you know the Calm app. And I know, I think we've talked about this before. I've talked about it with a lot of people. I find with that app, the stories that are the meditative stories are the ones that work best with me because I have to concentrate to follow a narrative. And Very true. I, I like it. Yeah, I like it, actually. I do like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you have to train yourself and work at it and kind of make it like a muscle memory and do it as often as you can so that you have the impact on it. Yeah. And I suppose it's, I'm interested in this because I'm pregnant now and I've had, I'm having a lot of people asking me about or telling me about how their anxiety either was triggered or was improved by having a child. And I almost don't really want to know <laughs> because I just want to cross that bridge when I come to it. But how did you find in terms of your health anxiety did having Joan, um, kind of help give you something else to focus on well I yeah now I think it does in a way um but I when I was pregnant and I don't know if you've your experience is this right now because I had health anxieties a lot of my friends are like Ugh. they're like when I told them they're like congratulations this is gonna be a hellish nine months she's gonna be freaked about everything but the hormones coasted me through till about week 31 and I was quite chilled and relaxed um 
but then at that stage, I started to get a little bit more anxious. And I am aware that I don't want to go into completely full details about my experience because you currently are pregnant. <laughs> but I, I did have an emerg- uh, medical emergency, and that was the kickoff point for me to actually start to do CBT. So I did that about 12 months after I had Joan because I ended up in intensive care after having her for a few days and uh, it was a very long road to recovery. So I think that that was a point where I was like, okay, this really has knocked me for six because I am a really healthy person and like knock on wood, like I had never had an operation. I'd never been in the hospital. I'd never any of those things. And within 24 hour period, I'd also never been a mother. So I had a baby, an operation in the hospital, all these things at once. So I found CBT really helpful then. But as the years have gone on, definitely having her around and trying not to um, perhaps maybe create any sort of anxious environment. I don't want to ignore it either because I also want her to know that it's a normal feeling and people you know, have this and you shouldn't be ashamed. But I also don't want to be an overriding feeling in the household which it was for me because my mother was extremely anxious and I always remember thinking why is this situation bad now she doesn't like this either and it did stay with me so uh, Mm -hmm. I'm working on that side of things so it's a balance you want Joan to know it's healthy it's normal it's not comfortable sometimes but you shouldn't feel badly about it but you also don't want to be an overriding feeling in the house for sure absolutely and at the time of recording this we are still in the middle of a lockdown how has this been for you with obviously a pandemic is something you can't personally control. No, I feel and I feel like I've actually coped quite well and I'm surprised again and I'm feeling like I'm not letting it get on top of me. I'm putting in certain measures, which is, you know, you check the news once a day. Don't follow. I mean, I wouldn't follow any sources that I don't trust anyway. I've got two sources that are medical that I trust. That would be where I go to for information. And I think that the biggest shift in my mind mentally was when they said that, you know, when lockdown was announced, I love green spaces. I love going to forest basically. And that's not handy to me. It's not within a two kilometer radius. So I think it was adapting to that. But I think the biggest shift is just changing your wording around it all. Instead of saying I'm stuck at home, I'm safe at home. That was, sounds corny and that's really small, but it made a huge change in my mind. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, we are safe at home. I'm with two of the three people I love the most in the world. The other one's safe at home in Canada. We're good. Like, we're good. Let's keep this going, for sure. And I think I've been pretty positive about it, for sure. It's almost like when something really big happens and you're already having to confront it, you can handle it because it's there, more so than worrying about what if it happened. Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing. And I'm sure you've spoken about this as well. And your whole book, you have a chapter on this as well. It's like, it's the anticipation of something happening or the forecasting that you can't control, which is the source of anxiety for so many people. It's the kernel of it really. And then it explodes from there. So yeah, I think, you know, we need to give ourselves credit. I think, you know, you never feel guilty, never feel badly. It is who you are. If you are anxious, You've got to find uh, things that help you cope better so that you're not uncomfortable in your day-to-day life. Never beat yourself up about it. Um, you know, and certainly during this time, it's the most unprecedented and um, surreal time for everybody. And so if you are feeling badly about it, that's a normal reaction to it too. Absolutely. And I mean, you've been through so much You've with both of your parents and your traumatic birth experience, which I'm, I'll ask you about after I've had my baby. <laughs> And all those different, you know, health anxiety concerns, um, you've come such a long way. I mean, you've, you've so proactively tried to address it in, in different ways and you have, you've owned it in so many ways as well. But can I ask you, what, what are you most proud of with yourself? I think, um, 
I think that, yeah, oh God, we're so bad as women, aren't we? Yes, <laughs> Just so we're proud of. <laughs> I am proud that I've recognized it needed to be, it needed attention and I need to own it. And I am proud that when I first moved to Ireland, talking about mental health was very not on the agenda and it certainly is now. And I think that I'm not saying I was one of the first people at all, but I think coming from North America, I was like, yeah, I'm crazy. I've got problems. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Um, that I wasn't shy about that. And I'm really happy that now people aren't either and they are owning it to the best of their abilities. And yeah, I'd be proud that, I, yeah, I'm, actually that's what it is. I think I'm proud that I'm owning it. Like I am an anxious person. I'm Alison Curtis and I'm anxious and I'm owning it. So. <laughs> Alison, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, I can't believe what you've been through and I'm so grateful for you to being so open with me. Um, it's a lot and I really feel for you and I wish I could reach through the screen and give you a hug. But I'm I'm so like happy to hear that you are definitely owning it and so compassionate with yourself and not trying to be a different person or not, you know, not wishing you were some other way because the world needs people like us as well. You know, we don't all need to be super chilled. Absolutely. No. And I mean, I, I love activity and I love busyness and I love kind of organized chaos. And that's just part of my nature. And that probably goes with being slightly anxious as well. But no, I'm, I'm really happy with everything right now. And I think that we should really just be very kind to ourselves at this time for sure. Here's a question, actually, before I let you go. Um, we always think of anxiety as something negative in our life, but what would you say anxiety has given you as a, in a positive way? Ambition and drive, absolutely. Like, it's, I am a very, uh, I'm a really driven person, and you are as well, and I'm very open to challenges, and I want to take them on, and I'm really pretty confident in succeeding, <laughs> to be honest, and I think that anxiety has kind of probably pushed me in that direction as well, because it's a whole makeup of a type of personality, for sure. Yeah, I definitely relate to that so much. Thank you so much, Alison. Um, take care of yourself. Hopefully I will see you in person again soon. And I'm sure people I'm sure people will really appreciate having heard your story and learning how, you know, it's sometimes when I do these podcasts, people are saying, oh, I used to be this way and now I'm perfectly fine. But it's nice to hear that, you know, you're dealing with it all the time, but you're managing it and that's who you are and that's okay. Absolutely, you know? yeah, no, most definitely. Be kind to yourselves, everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much and talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack. 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.